This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Cubby House is a show about two cub-identifying guys exploring the big and hairy issues in and around the bear community. This program is designed for a mature audience. It may contain adult themes, sex and drug references, and of course, coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. today oh, it's Don't. april fool's day but we aren't doing anything <laughs> april fool's orientated no no sorry uh but tonight on the show what do we have coming up kevin um we have rusty will be joining us to have a chat about quite a couple of different topics um he's going to talk about his personal journey through um gay marriage um or just marriage as we prefer to call it um he's also going to be talking with us about game of thrones um, and then I believe you've got a few topics, which I'm already worried about. You've got Kink Corner coming up. Yes. For those who have seen the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the cubby house, you'll know we'll be talking about a bit of role play. <laughs> yes. Charming. Um, and uh, I, I quickly buzzed through Gizmodo and I'm putting myself up to a bit of a challenge tonight. Four topics, one minute each to get through four topics of... Yeah, I'll be vetoing these topics if they become too boring. Well, <laughs> you've got less than half a minute to veto them, so good luck. Yeah, watch me. I, I reckon I could get a veto in a couple of those. Um, and also we'll be discussing spoilers. Yes, yes. We will be discussing spoilers because somebody has to shut his trap when it comes to talking about <laughs> certain yes, themes and TV series. It will be quite a challenge for him. But we do have a discussion topic for tonight's show. And the discussion topic is, who is your favourite fictional character? Now, we do have a couple of bonus points. I will give you bonus points if it's from a book and if you can name the author that it's from. You can catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House. And don't forget about Twitter. The username is The Cubby House and our hashtag is CHProject. Join 94.9, you're with Cookie and Kevin, and we, did we announce who our special guest was tonight? Uh, only in first name, I believe, Rusty. Rusty, Rusty, Rusty. Rusty, what did you think of that song, Happens in the Dark by Jedward? Mm. Do you want to put his mic on, Cookie? <laughs> <laughs> it is, sir. Oh, do you want to talk I'm louder there. then? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a nice song. Many fun things happen in the dark. You know, we won't be... Uh, <laughs> Too graphic right now. Keep the show a bit more uh, PG rated. Okay. That was a nice change. <laughs> well, uh, welcome on board the Cubby House for starters. Thank you for having me. And just to introduce you, we're going to discuss other things that are in the dark, namely cinemas and movies. We're putting you up to a movie challenge tonight, my, my good gentlemen, Kevin and Rusty. Mm. These are taken from <laughs> IMDb's Top 100 Movies You Must Watch. Oh, so it's oh, well-researched. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to give you what number they are on the list, which you cannot look up. Oh. No. 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 What I'm going to do is I'm giving you a quote, and sometimes a famous, well-known quote that's used in quite a few memes, and you have to tell me 
first of all, what movie it's from, and for a bonus point, what really? character said it. Okay. Character or actor? Character. Ah, all right. And it can be a lot easier for those who perhaps don't know the actor themselves. So, I will give you the example. It is, you shall not pass. Oh, that's easy. It's uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Gandalf. Correct. So, that yeah. is the example. And you, you're not getting that point because it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a geek. I mean, come on. <laughs> and uh, for those who didn't know, that was number 74 on the hundreds list. Only number 74? Wow. Yes. Okay. 75 and 76 <laughs> of the trilogy um, as they are. So, your first question from number 69 in the list... Oh, really? The first rule is, you do not talk about it. Uh, Fight, Fight Club, Club, and it was... Bra- uh, oh, uh, what is his name? Um, total blank. One point for Kevin, and three, two, uh, one. <laughs> Tyler Durden. Oh, I knew it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from number 46 in the list... It rubs the lotion on the skin. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, and it was uh, Hannibal Lecter. Ah, no, it wasn't Hannibal Lecter. It was. Oh, was it? No, ooh, no, it, it was. Um, no, it was. It was. Oh, uh, God. I can't remember his name. I'm giving you three, two, one. Commonly known as Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Jamie Bill. Gum. I know these. Number 14 on the list. I must be crazy to be in a loony bin like this. Uh, one Floor is the Cuckoo's Nest? Correct. Rusty, and what was the character's name? Jack Nicholson. I can't remember uh, his name at all in that movie. I haven't seen it since I was 13, so... You were at least able to identify it, so I'll give you half a point. <gasps> oh, fine. Not a full point, <laughs> half a point. Number 73 in the list. Mm? I knew a man once who said, Death smiles at all, us all. All man can do is smile back. So I'll say it again. I knew a man once who said, death smiles at us all. All a man can do is smile back. Sounds very Tarantino. Uh, I was going to say bridge over the river Kwai. No. Do you want to have another stab at it quickly, Kevin? Do you want to give us a clue? Uh, famous Australian uh, actor played the main title. That's not really a clue, but okay. Oh, um, Gladiator. Correct. Yes. Gladiator. Who said it? Uh, Maximus. Correct. Maximus did say that quote. Number 31 in the list. (laughs) And you should get this very easily. Yes. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, uh, Mon Mothma. You're right by Mon Mothma. It was not the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, sorry. Return of the Jedi. Oh, wow. I'm going to be shunned so badly <laughs> when I get home. Fair enough. Uh, number 55 in the list. Slimy yet satisfying. Uh, Lion King. Correct. Yes, uh, it was Lion King who said it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Simba. Uh, baby Simba. Incorrect. Kevin, do you want to have a quick stab at it? Timon. Incorrect. Or Pumba. Pumba. No, no, no. He actually did say slimy yet satisfying. After Pumper had said it. Well, he still said it. <laughs> <laughs> Number 67 in this list, there is no spoon. Oh, pff, oh it's Matrix. Matrix. Thank you, Kevin. You just slid in there. Who said it first? Uh, it, uh, hold on. There is no spoon was the Oracle. No. No. 
But it you're was, in the same It was oh, okay. for children. It was, well, it was yes. The bald one. Yeah. Yeah, I only referred to as Spoon Boy. Spoon Boy. <laughs> that's, his, that's his actual name in the movie. As referred to by IMTV. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Mum. You should feel so proud of me. I've got a role in a movie. It's Spoon Boy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, try this one for size. One life ends, another begins. Ooh. was made in the last couple of years very famous um avatar having, correct it is avatar who oh. said it it was the shamaness of the tribe no, no. kevin do you want to have another crack at it it's sigourney weaver incorrect it oh. was the main character jake sully okay yeah. all right number 95 in the list you know you really don't need a forensic team to get to the bottom of this if you guys were the inventors of it You'd have invented it. Oh, uh, Facebook? Oh, um, sorry, go ahead. You're on the right track. Oh, oh, oh. Um, What's the movie? I can't remember the name of the movie for my life. Didn't take a steal, Kevin? John Zuckerberg, whatever. Yeah, no, I haven't actually watched it. I it was, passed. the movie's called The Social Network, Social and it was Network, the yeah. character Mark Zuckerberg who said it. Yes. Yeah. And for the last one, which I'd be very disappointed if you don't get this, Kevin... Oh, God. Dreams feel real when we're in them. It's only when we wake that we realize something was actually strange. Inception? Correct. I Who said it? Um, At least give me the character. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I'll give you half a point. His name was Cobb. And on that, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and a half for Rusty. Yay. And four and a half for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. Congratulations. Well done, well done. As if, as if there was any Thank question you. on that. Well, that's true. But I'd, the reason I say I'd be very surprised if you didn't know that one, Kevin, is you're the one that actually made me watch Inception. That's a brilliant movie. Exactly. You're on the Cubby House on Joy 94.9. We'll be back to discuss the Kink Corner next. Careful what you're wearing. You never know what you're asking for here on the Kink Corner. Now, I <laughs> approached you, Rusty, today and asked you, what would you like to talk about Kink Corner-wise? And you said, what? Roleplay. Why did you say roleplay? Um, it's about the limit of my kink. That's as extreme as it gets. I'm pretty vanilla. I love cuddling, love verbal, but roleplay is as kinky as it gets for me, personally. Fair enough. And I... I respect that, considering, um, uh, for the most part, roleplay can be, depending on how you take it, a very primary level of entry into kink, or you can take it right up to the most extreme point, and I'll explain one of those a little bit later on, which I've actually had a really good explanation of. Okay. Um, now, roleplay usually involves starting with the core basics of who you are. Right. Now, I had to explain this to my partner as being... You are male. That is the core basic of who you are. And then you create an imaginary situational structure around that. Yes. Now, just because you're male doesn't necessarily mean you have to diverge to the point of not being any other gender or orientation or whatever. But it was basically for me saying, if you want to start with role playing, start there. (laughs) Start there because then trying to elaborate and create more interesting situations out of that gets a little bit more creative, but just steppy, steppy stones. Mm-hmm. So 
types of role play which we can come up with. Um, daddy, son come to mind, athlete, coach, teacher, student, officer and offender. Mm. Any other in mind while you're at it? Well, traditional dom, sub, sir, well, you know. I'm not actually including that. Oh, really? Why not? Uh, mainly because there are different rules that generally apply to that sort of thing. Okay. And that leads into other areas of um, other types of kink. Mm-hmm. But just as simple, straight role play, you're actors in a situation that will potentially lead to a sexual interaction. Well, it's supposed to excite both partners as well, using their imagination, sparking something. Being very verbal, kind of taking yourself out of your normal persona and embracing something else and maybe living a fantasy that you've always had. Maybe you've always wanted to have a policeman come up to you and bend you over his cruiser. You never know. Exactly. So what are some of the things we need to suggest to people who perhaps aren't would like to do these things but just don't know how to initiate them? The first thing, well, that a website, which if you want to check out, Facebook.com forward slash the cubby house I've linked to mm. recommends overcome shyness. Okay. A, a lot of these things, and particularly in long term relationships where you want to spark up the, the relationship in the sec, in the bedroom or wherever you want to take it, um, you have to start by stop being shy about it and discuss it. Now, whether it's you subtly leave hints like a, a book on the table <laughs> about Fifty Shades of Grey if you want to go down that path. Not that one. No, no, but I. But that's not my thing. It is for some. Um, discuss it. Overcome your shyness and get it out in the open what you might like to explore. During the time of when you're discussing what you're doing, set the rules of engagement. Now, this does not mean you have to sit down face-to-face and discuss what you're doing. This could be over email, text messaging, roughly what you want to do, where you want to do it, and where it's leading to, but not setting out the end result let that build and then by doing that you can build the anticipation build it and set a date and you know just flirt with each other over the phone as as if you've never met each other before or online through email and uh, for first timers keep it simple don't go and try and dress up like monsters and have six-legged tentacle intercourse on your first night. Oh, nothing like Cthulhu porn. Just as a clarification, that is simple for some people. Just saying. If you know how to do it properly. But it could just be something as simple as dressing the part. So for things like an athlete and coach or officer and offender, mm-hmm. go get some clothes that you don't mind getting messy and, you know, Dress up the part, and that's half your battle won, because you're then putting yourself in a persona as an actor as well. Yes, yes. To follow through with it. And if it helps, change the situation to something new, perhaps a different space, clothes out of your normal character, a fancy dinner beforehand. So by changing the pre-play situations, you're unlikely to slip into old routines of the same boring set that you have every other Thursday night or whatever. So there's some tips if you want to try some role play in the bedroom. And that's Kink Corner for this week. You're in the Cubby House on Joy 94.9. And as usual, we've been having some technical difficulties. Yes, Kevin? (laughs) Watch me be very nice and not comment. Yes, I'm sure you will.
Have you got it ready? No, I'm trying to, but oh, okay. uh, it, it just doesn't want to talk. Talk, will you talk? Oh, okay. So we're going to bypass it? Unfortunately so, because we might have to go to Geek Out. You want to go to your Geek Out I'm, so I, badly, I, don't I you? I do. You, I do. I want to get I, this over and done with. I reckon you sabotaged it just so you could do the Geek Out. Well, we'll find out in a sec once we see if we can get it working later on in the show. All right. So, the challenge today, Kevin, if you will potentially have a stopwatch ready, which I know you don't right now, but you can <sighs> pretend that you've got a stopwatch. And I've I was born behind the clock of Big Ben. I have an acute sense of time. Kudos okay. to anyone who knows that reference. Bing. All right, carry on. <laughs> so I am going to attempt to do four topics in four minutes or less. Mm. Beginning in three, two, one. Go. The arcade machine currently being manufactured by Baytech Games implies that there is such thing as beer pong arcade. It looks like a hoop shooter and half an air hockey table where you've got 10 ping pong balls and you have to bounce the balls into 10 plastic cups as quick as you can. Whilst it removes the ever popular concept of beer pong, the drinking part is as good practice platform for underage or not so accurate players to revise and practice without the delebating elements. Debilitating. Thank you very much. <laughs> I can't even read my writing tonight. Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, I, I'm so relaxed. It's like I'm comatose. Uh, the the next right. item. Yes. Uh, we've got an ad coming before Star Trek Into the Darkness uh, in US cinemas. Now, for sci-fi enthusiasts, there's nothing more stimulating than real-life progress towards a Star Trek-like warp drive, tricorder, or a replicator. Aerospace Industry Association will be airing a 30-second ad that will feature before Star Trek Into the Darkness illustrating NASA's current real-life Starfleet. Wow. Will this be done worldwide or only in America? Uh, Gizmodo.com has said only in America so far, but this could spread to other countries Uh, as well, presumably. It won't take long until someone YouTubes it for us. Indeed. Yeah. Now, drones could replace kids on paper routes. Yes, in France, tests officially will begin in May to knock off the paper kid and introduce a quadricopter drone to deliver your daily paper. So define what's a quadricopter. Quad is in four blades, helicopter type. Like a a VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing. Ah, see, I know that. Yeah, Yeah, but I wouldn't know that, so... (laughs) (laughs) Go to me. There you go. I know lots of stuff. Now, this program consists of 20 drones being controlled by 20 postal workers from iOS and Android devices. Now, there is no word yet where the privacy concerns are being viewed as a concern. Hold on a sec. So, they're still going to be male guys but instead of riding around on whatever they ride around on in France and delivering the mail they're going to be walking down the road using the helicopter to deliver the mail from their phones not necessarily it's basically remote control one of the issues is basically how far a range they can go from these devices as well as the current battery life as to how long they can actually fly around for hmm savvy (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's a whole lot of things that you totally missed on that, but I'll let it go because I'm pretty sure the article missed them too. So, yes. On. Next. And finally, the greatest dad ever creates a Calvin and Hobbes nursery complete with tree forest. Best dad ever. And yes, go to gizmodo.com to have a look at the picture. But if you've had a bad day, words too hard to pronounce. 
Screw real life. I want to grow up again with Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, this dad has cre- created a bedroom consisting of a Calvin and Hobbes mural and indoor tree fort made in Finland. And his name is uh, Pilari and with the, made by the help of his sister. The tree fort is so perfect that Calvin would be jealous of it. There's even a slide to get out of bed fun. So is this Muriel having a <laughs> wedding at all? Because <laughs> I think the word you were going for was mural. But... <clears throat> with, with these questions, did I give it any minutes? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, that was uh, my my Easter research for you. I've had five days off, and yes, I'm Clearly so too much chocolate. <laughs> well, it's either the chocolate or the rest, but I'm near comatose. Oh. <laughs> really well, kick out sport. sport how about that. we make it easy for you? Do you want to go to a track? Um, yeah, okay. Do you want to go to the you. next track? Yes, oh. please. Okay. <laughs> and if it's anything but April Fools, it's on me. Oh. No sympathy. Yeah, clearly. Now, we do have a question for you tonight, and it is, what's your favourite fictional character? Apparently there is bonus points here. If it's from a book, and if you name the author that wrote it. You can catch us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House. And don't forget about Twitter. The username is The Cubby House, and our hashtag is CHProject. Spoilers. 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 We're glad you watch our shows. And we're even happier you enjoy talking about them. But in this era of DVR, DVD, and the internet, not everybody's watching at the same time. And that's led to many friends, family members, even co-workers fighting over spoilers. 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 We want to stop spoiler fights once and for all. That's why we're here, to establish official spoiler etiquette. Spoilers cease being spoilers two weeks after the standard episode, two months after the season finale, and one year after the series finale. When recommending television, general enthusiasm is permitted. I can't believe you haven't seen The Wire. It's great. Pointed enthusiasm, however, is strictly forbidden. You won't believe what Omar does at the end of season three. Spoilers spoken in Pig Latin, gibberish, or French will still be considered spoilers. I can't believe MJ I day. Mandarin is okay. Wapuna shani lishanata. In conversation, if the up-to-date viewers are in the majority, they may ask behind viewers to leave. If the two groups are equal, they must Rochambeau for dominance. Rochambeau, shoot. Rochambeau, shoot. Ah, tie. If the first two rounds end in a tie, the groups must engage in a last man standing knife fight. During the 24 hours after a show airs, a.k.a. the Red Zone, both up-to-date and behind viewers agree to be especially vigilant regarding spoilers. Any sentence prefaced with any variation of the following phrase. Okay, so this isn't really a spoiler, but... Will not only be automatically deemed a spoiler, but the person uttering said phrase will not be allowed to speak for the next 45 minutes. So right before the... Ah! Still time. Viewers shall seek out information online at their own risk. A spoiler alert is considered, but should by no means be expected. Seriously? I just wanted his dog's name. It's your own damn fault, Chelsea. I can't believe it. You just ruined The Walking Dead for me. In spite of all these rules, an up-to-date viewer spoils a show for you. You may spoil something for them in return. Your wife's pregnant. What? Uh, revenge spoilers shall be limited to the medium of the original spoiler. But congratulations. So please, follow these simple rules, and we can all finally stop fighting over spoilers. I'm sorry, are you 
Julie Benz. <laughs> oh my God, I love your work on Dexter. I mean, I can't believe that your character... Uh -uh. I haven't seen it yet. You're in the cubby house with uh, Cookie and Kevin, and that was a pre-recording um, <laughs> of a very good college humor skit. That's from collegehumor.com. Um, and they brought up some very good rules about spoilers. And considering we're still in the... I think we're, I think we're still in the red zone from the Doctor Who episode that's recently been released, we shall not be discussing it at all. Okay. Great. <laughs> considering I've not only ever seen, like, the pilots of that, it'd be great not to talk about it at all. Oh, well, I should not probably tell you this thing that happened and this other really cool thing that happened and that other thing that, you know, you don't want to hear about. Are you okay plugging all those cables and things in? No. You're done? No. As I said, technical difficulties are massive. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, spoilers. Let's <sighs> have a quick chat. When has something been spoiled for either of the two of you? Oh, for me... I was back in 1980 when Empire Strikes Back came out. My brother ruined the Darth Vader as Luke's father. Oh, wait, me. no, that's out of the time zone. You know, surprise, surprise. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> how many jokes have been made about that? And, you know, I was like seven years old and I was six, so I couldn't go see the movie. And I was like, that's not true because Vader killed Luke's father. And I just didn't believe him at all until I finally watched it, you know, like, well, at least you didn't yeah. utterly spoil it for well, me. Well, nah, I was still put in the way. Like my sister telling me that Father Christmas was really mum and dad. Thanks, sis. Oh, Yes. Um, well, I have two, namely, probably both from you, Kevin. <gasps> no, I would never spoil anything for anyone. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, I think you <laughs> spoiled it to the point where I had to watch it. <laughs> and the same with Buffy. I've never, I'd never seen Doctor Who or Buffy prior to you basically telling me the whole story before watching it. Oh, I always preface it with, are you going to watch it? And if you go, yes. And I go, do you want to hear about it? And if you go, yes, then, oh, well, pfft, tough luck. You, you, know, you asked for it. Um, actually, one of the worst movies that was spoiled for me was The Sixth Sense. Oh, wow. Okay. Someone told me the end of it. And I I'm like, people. are you kidding me? So I watched the whole movie sitting there going, this is great. I know what the end is oh. right Aww. but yes generally spoilers not nice give a spoiler warning if you can or stick to the rules two weeks for a standard episode two months for a season finale <laughs> wonderful thank you very much for that quick research Kevin <laughs> <laughs> thank you for getting the technical wires working yeah. oh, eventually I, I tend to get into trouble because I'm a bit of a We'll say fantasy fanatic, and I tend to reveal things ahead of time before people have the opportunity to watch or read about it. Speaking of which, you are going to be talking about Game of Thrones in a few moments. I am indeed. But before that, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've come from, because I don't <laughs> sense an Australian accent there. Uh, people seem to think I'm Canadian, and that's the weird thing, is that because I'm actually from Texas, but if you talk like this with a twang and you really you know kind of start drawing and rolling really slow people treat you like you're the biggest idiot in the world and i refuse to sound like george w bush so when i came about the age of 13 mm -hmm. i realized that i shouldn't talk like my cousins in tennessee and, and east texas and i started to kind of sort of talk like with a neutral accent because 
I saw how people would treat them, and it was a very good thing. So now... I think the general rule, actually, is that most people will say, are you Canadian? Yes. Because they know that Canadians hate being asked, <laughs> are you American? Uh, not for me. It doesn't bother me because I like Canadians. So, hey. <laughs> Canadians are generally the better ones. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. Yes, I will agree with you there. <laughs> now, for those who haven't heard the podcast, we have had you on before. You have. And you are partnered. Yes, I am, to uh, the world's most wonderful cubby. His name Aww. is David. Oh, hello. I love you, David. Thank you. And I'm not yeah. you. <laughs> the other David, yes, yes. So you guys actually met playing World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Yep. Yes. And um, David read one of my posts on, uh, I think, Live Journal. And he <laughs> messaged me. That's going I know, back. that's way back. And. I was just completely enamored with his beautiful Australian accent. It was just cute. And I could tell he was kind of geeky, you know, because he just had that geeky vibe and, you know, geeks are sexy. So, And now the two of you have obviously been together for a while. How long have you actually been thinking about getting married? <sighs> we are approaching our seven-year official anniversary date. Ooh. Yes, in two weeks. Well yes. So that's, what, 42 gay years? And... um <laughs> And we've been thinking about just becoming official husbands, basically, for almost that entire time. Now, obviously, you were in U.S. He was in Australia here. Yeah. Who, how did you decide who would move to where? Well, it would have been very difficult for David to migrate because of the anti-immigration laws in the U.S. And he had a successful job here. And in the U.S., IT professionals and astrophysicists are a bit of a dime a dozen. And that's what he is. And so he said, well, since I'm well-established here and you are basically floating from, you know, temporary job to part-time job, why don't you move here? I was like, oh, but that would be expensive, you know, because I'm thinking here $1,000 sounds like a lot, but in the U.S. it is a real lot, you know, 1000 bucks is what some people make in a month. And here it's like what well, you guys are making a fort week, a, a fort week, fortnight. <sighs> it's contagious. It's contagious. <laughs> so he said, well, why don't you migrate here? And I was like, okay. But he flew me out a few times, and that was pretty expensive. Um, it was like two grand each round trip. And when we met, it was kind of sad. I passed a kidney stone, and the plane was delayed, and it was just really horrible and horrifying. And of course, David was sick with worry, and he... um was just so happy that I was here and I was just so happy to be with him and it just kind of like snapped after we just met each other. It was like instantaneous. It was like we knew. So you talk way. about how high costs. Ballpark oh. figure, how much has it actually cost you to immigrate to Australia? <sighs> well, because of the... Because we are a gay couple, it was... We had to basically finagle and try to figure out how to get me to stay here through either working visa and we found out when I did like the test I didn't have enough points so we said well why don't you study I was like okay so we ended up uh, putting me in TAFE and since I was a foreigner it ended up being very expensive coping with the fact that I was you know doing round trips and that was still you know pretty expensive altogether it was like $5,000 in flights plus missing work having him basically kind of support me as I'm down here because I couldn't work at the time mm because of the immigration laws and the cost of school. And when we, we tallied it up a little while ago this evening and it was 
his ballpark figure is over thirty thousand. Mine is a lot closer to fifty thousand because he's had he's had to take care of me mm. and provide for me, and I was not able to work. So for, you count a whole lot of things that he wouldn't necessarily do, right? And so how would that compare if you guys were actually married? Oh, it would have been just a simple visit to immigration and getting a license, and maybe costing hundred twenty dollars. If we were a straight couple. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and ask, why didn't you simply go to a country that did allow gay marriage and marry there? Um, it was kind of the whole... It was becoming a cost issue, yep. and he thought that it would be better if I were to study and maybe get more underpinning knowledge about Australia and learn a bit more about the culture here, because it's very different from the U.S. in terms of work and you know people. And it was it, – we could have moved, but in the end, I think it was a more wise decision for me to get some life experience living here and trying to see how people interact and the cost of moving over there and getting married and coming back. It would have been a little bit sus, so we were thinking, eh, we'll just have me stay here and study and migrate and – or sorry, move my stuff here and then eventually migrate and get permanent residency and hopefully ends the – you know the political gears turn it'll be marriage will be legal here and we can actually officially be married very true so. and from what i've heard your mother also has very clear stipulations on your wedding <laughs> mom wants to do the groom cakes and she basically wants to throw a big gay wedding she she was a i guess can we say the naughty f word no. for gay men here? Okay. No, nah, we don't want to. And she's always been in love with gay men since the 70s, and many of her friends were kind of like wiped out with the AIDS epidemic, and that still hits her, and she gets a bit upset about that to this mm. day, so she always wanted to have at least one gay child, and she was ecstatic that I was gay, but she was annoyed that I was a bear, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't like to do the shopping, the mani-pedis, the you know really negative stereotypical stuff she used to do with her gay friends but she still loves me she loves david she adores him actually so oh, yeah. that's lovely well thank you for coming on and having a chat with oh, us Arthur. thank you for having me um and i believe you will be coming on a little bit later to talk to us about game of thrones yes very passionate about i'm incredibly passionate about i'll it. close my ears <laughs> <laughs> you're on the cubby house on joy 94.9 joy 94.9 you're with the cubby house and I will tell you now, because mm. we have Rusty in the studio with Kevin and Cookie, we've got some spoilers ahead. <laughs> spoilers. That's right. Fair warning. There are, there may be, we'll try and avoid them, but this is a, there may be spoilers warning. Tell, tell you what, if I say something wrong, you can hit me. I'm just going to hit you anyway. That's okay, how we roll here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so... Rusty, you're incredibly passionate about Game of Thrones. Uh, I have to warn you, I've tried reading the books, and I got to about the second chapter and put it down and never picked it up again. From which book? The first one? The first book. Uh, One doesn't generally start at the last book. However, I have watched the first series. Okay. I've watched the first episode four times, the second episode three times, the third episode two times, and the fourth episode once because I just I keep starting and never actually carrying on. And this and means what to Rusty what he's about to discuss? It has relevance, mister. You just fixate on your CDs <laughs> and get the audio working correctly next time, thank you. Dun, 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 right. Dun, 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 so having dun, dun, said that, dun, dun. in the context, explain to us a little bit about the universe of Game of Thrones and why we should be interested in it. Okay. Um, well, the 
The Game of Thrones universe is based off of the book series A Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin. And it's adult fantasy. And I emphasize that it is some very adult material. The it's He borrows a lot of his material from uh, The War of the Roses, Lord of the Rings, um, just many things, you know, like a postmodern pastiche. Yeah. Yep. In that it's essentially takes place on two continents, Westeros and Essos. And Westeros has seven kingdoms uh, with nine major families. And Essos basically has, oh, wow, 12 slaver cities and various ruins and giant barbarian hordes riding their horses everywhere. So how did you find about out about the series in the first place? Well, <laughs> this is really bad. My coworkers... Um, we're talking, yeah, I just can't believe that they killed this person off. And and the brother and sister are having an incestuous relationship. Oh, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> I get to beat him now. But continue. And it was just like, what are you guys talking? Because I thought they were talking about a soap opera, you know, just like something. Oh, it does suddenly sound very Dallas, doesn't it? Yeah, I was saying that's yes. kind of like Dallas-esque. And so they say, oh, it's, it's, it's Game of Thrones. It's a series, and it's an amazing set of books. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So one day, like my second to last week at work, I essentially picked it up and started watching it and started reading and became completely engrossed. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Okay. So how does magic work in this universe? Ah, interesting. The, there are several different types of magic. Blood magic, um, fire magic. Ice magic. The dragons essentially represent mystical beings of fire, and the White Walkers represent ice z- zombies. Getting close to spoilers. It's not that bad. And so the dragons essentially start dying out, and as they start to die out, the ice magic became more powerful yep. and it became more dangerous. Is that where this whole phrase winter is coming yes. comes from? Yes, for House Stark because they live close to the wall and the wall basically is a gigantic magical barrier that acts as a beachhead to separate the ice demons, ice minions from the rest of civilized society and the wildlings live north of the wall and they are fleeing south as the series progress and they start to basically attack the wall and the series builds up to, you know, hmm. a confrontation to that point because they're trying to flee these gigantic evil ice zombies. Now, are they setting up each season to be a book? Mm, that was the original premise, but season three it was such a massive book that they're splitting up into two seasons and books four and five are really massive with a lot of content that they're probably going to split up between three and five seasons on mm. HBO. So there's going to be lots and lots and lots of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it's a phenomenon, though. <laughs> I'm assuming the detail of the sets and costumes and the production of it is so intense. It, it would have to be a decent production to actually be worth putting in that much money for. Supposedly $60 million for the last season. And that's a lot of money. Yes. And I've heard that it's very realistic. Well, yes. I mean, for a fantasy world. It's... More realistic than most history documentary uh, documentaries. Oh God, cookie, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's um, massive production value, and yeah, highly recommended. Then 
Yes, yes, yes. Highly recommend. If you don't like it, blame Rusty and have a go at him. Oh, no. Ha ha ha! I will try push for, through the pilot episode, which I have only watched. So, oh. thank you, Rusty, for <laughs> Game of Thrones. You're yes. with the Cubby House on Joy ninety four point nine, and we've had the conversation question for you tonight. What is your favourite fictional character? Bonus points if you can, it's from a novel and you can name the author. Well, mine is Corwin of Amber. He's a prince in the um, Chronicles of Amber series. And the author is Roger Zelanzi. It's another high fantasy. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and um, basically, he's the ultimate anti-hero. And he's a bit of a bastard in the books and kind of has to fight his brothers for control of the universe as he knows it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like impressive imagery. And prose can be sometimes a bit heavy, but the book series is brilliant. If you enjoy fantasy, it's worth picking up. I personally have always liked the character of Neville Longbottom. <laughs> Strangely enough, because he was never made <laughs> to focus. <laughs> Kevin gets it. <laughs> Sorry, I tried. I tried. Clearly. <laughs> Try harder and I'll turn your mic back on. Um, basically, he was a very successful character and he could have been the prophesized one. Yes, he could. But yes, it just wasn't the the one with all the pressure on him sorry i'm still laughing okay mine was um zedica zul zorander from uh the sort of truth series uh terry goodkind okay wonderful now i have one question left for you rusty yes please uh what is your one most important piece of sex advice you'd give your virgin self oh Hmm. don't fall in love with a trick a trick. Yeah. Hmm. Did oh. that way too much. Oh, someone, oh, he's so pretty. I just want to be his boyfriend. And they were like, no, sorry. It was a one-time thing. Get lost. Don't bother me anymore. So, yeah. So, in trick, in that concept, you mean a one-night stand? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just double-checking there. Sorry, American term. Uh, Americans. Oh, we love you. We love uh, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, don't fall for a one-night stand. Yes. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, now, this has been The Cubby House. We are going for another season here on Joy 94.9. Yay! So, if you don't know where to contact us, you can check out Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cubby House. And jump in on any of the discussions we have on there. Indeed. Mm. We're also on Twitter with the handle at, uh, <laughs> at The Cubby House with the hashtag CHProject. Well done. Because I don't do Twitter, I keep having to remember. So, for tonight, I'm Cookie. I'm Kevin. I'm Rusty. And join us next week for The Cubby House here on Monday night. Christian coming up with the Vixen Hour right after this. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.